I'm going to invite us all to be Linus and read the Christmas story together. So it'll be up on the screen. Uh, so I'm going to ask, invite you to stand with me. Let's read these words that have become familiar. And yet I would pray that it would uh, something new strike us as we read this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them and into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You can be seated. <clears throat> modern, uh, modern science and medicine is quite a mir- miraculous. But uh, one of the things I've always wondered about is due dates. When uh, Laura, our oldest, was born, we uh, we were so excited to know we were going to have a child, and they told us, however they count, count it, they said, December 1st is your due date, right? Most of you parents remember you were given a due date. You don't really think as a parent, well, that's sort of a guesstimate. I mean, babies come when they want to come. They're, you know, it's... Uh, you know, there's a range even in the normal, but sometimes it's not even normal, right? So uh, we were, but we were very diligent. I'm not going to drink this, by the way, during this. This is, uh, this is for something else. But um, they told us um, 
you know, we were already first babies. We were living in Orlando, Florida area. And uh, Barbara, my mother-in-law, came down, uh, you know, sometime around Thanksgiving-ish to get us ready, be with us for the first couple weeks of the birth and, you know, kind of help us out and all that. So we were we were set, you know. So the day comes, right? And, uh, yeah, I'm following Nancy. I'm like, all right, feeling something. You know, nothing, nothing. Okay, all right, well, it's fine. December 2nd comes, you know, 3rd comes. Seventh comes, twelfth comes. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I mean, they told us the first. Like, this is anyway. And then Barbara's like, I-, I got stuff to do. I'm for real. She's like, I I wasn't. You know, this is it. I I wasn't playing. She's very generous with her time, but she's like, I this was the time I was here to help you. You know, and they've been shopping, and then me getting the house ready, and the house plenty ready. No baby. Right. So they say two weeks, you know, after two weeks, they're like, oh, you got to, you know, we got to help it along or whatever. Fortunately, our doctor was not too much into, you know, helping along. But um, so on the 14th, two weeks later, as Barbara's just at her last and Laura came into the world and it was great. And Barbara said, oh, cute baby. Bye. And she left <laughs> and left us to, to deal with that, um, having children, having babies, and the timing of that is not always something you can plan and predict. And what we read in this story today is that this is not the timing, the manner, the place, the plan that Joseph and Mary had, right? Unwed pregnancies, not so great in that culture, Maybe not great any time, but that culture would be a shame. And here they are. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use this, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. But so you have timing, which is not exactly what you want. You have a situation in a place where now, for baby number three, we were living in California, and she was about eight months pregnant. And I said, you know, I think God wants us to move to Shreveport, Louisiana. (laughs) Really? Eight months pregnant. Well, yeah, I think that's probably what we should do. Now, we didn't take a donkey, but I can tell you that it doesn't matter how you travel. Traveling at eight months, leaving one house, packing everything up and setting up another house is not something. Just guys, I can tell you, generally speaking, this is not a great idea to plan that. But when you're timing of that, it's Sometimes you could say it was in our hands, but but we were really feeling like we were obeying what God had led us to do. Now, Joseph and Mary didn't have the same leisure and luxury of the choice. We just read that Augustus says, I need to know how many people I can tax. I have building projects that need to happen. So I need everybody in the whole realm to go back to your hometown right now. And I'm sure Mary's like, I'm about to give birth. I don't think Caesar, that request made to Caesar. So, of course, they're there riding a long way from where they were living in Nazareth to Bethlehem. And, you know, we know the story. They don't, there's no room at the inn. And they're there. It's not the timing and the place wasn't what they would have chosen. 
The manner in which they were born, in which Jesus came, once again, not exactly what you would choose. We, we, now we had this one good. We had really nice, you know, cradle and swaddling claws were all clean and no, no feed trough or manger for us. But you'd look at it and you'd think, man, it's chaos. This is a world in chaos. A pregnant, unwed, young girl going off to some place that's not home without the benefit at a timing they didn't choose, in a manner they didn't choose, and yet for hundreds, hundreds of years before this, Prophet Micah says, this Christ is going to be born in Bethlehem. The timing of this Here's what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who'd been under the law. So the timing, not an accident. The word there, when the fullness of time, we would probably interpret it as like at just the right time. The word pleru means when everything needed to happen has happened to the perfect amount, to the tippy top, to the fullness, where nothing more needs to happen until anything additional is coming out of there. When it's all full, the place, the time, the manner, it's perfect. And it's nothing like they would have chosen it. And yet at this moment, the gift is given. Now, we can romanticize the birth of Jesus in many ways, like just, I don't know, because of pageants and other things and Charlie Brown Christmas. We can romanticize it, but Its offense is far deeper than just, oh, you know, the baby's born in kind of a stable environment. Ha <laughs> ha, that's a joke. Um, the, um, it really wasn't, but I just, um, the, um, the, here's the, here's the problem with gifts. If, if we see Jesus as a cuddly little baby who comes and just, oh, he's such a cute savior and just, there's there's something wrong because the offense of who Jesus is, the offense to humans, the offense to our egos, the offense to us is lost on that. Because if we see Jesus as just, he's so perfect, he's so wonderful, he's so great, it's like, um, you know, it's like Winnie the Pooh. He's just like, I just want to hug that little guy. But nobody crucifies Winnie the Pooh. Why did they crucify Jesus? Because it was terribly offensive. Some gifts you're given because you want them and you know, oh, you really saw something you like. Some gifts you're given because you need them, right? When I was 13, not this particular one, but when I was a 13-year-old boy, my parents gave me this in my stocking stuffer as a gift. I didn't know what it was, but they said, you need this. 
Is that okay? Don't know what it is? It didn't have a picture of a Kraken on it. This has a picture of the Kraken. This is Kraken Guard. I, I don't know what, why they have Krakens on it, but some sea monster on here, because I guess you smell like a sea monster. So th- this, this is what you need, they said. I, I saw... I. I Andrew put this picture. I I was looking for a, a good gift. Some of you may get this gift, by the way. But this is this is fifty how tos in one book. All the how tos, like the, the for dummies books. But it's fifty how tos. You can't really read this very well unless you're very close to this. But in the upper right corner, it says how to become more sociable. So this is for people who don't know how to get along with other people. So if you give this gift, if you give a book like this, you're saying to someone. You're difficult. You're kind of a difficult person to get along with. But that's not the worst of it. In the left-hand side, it says, how to drink tea for weight loss. If you give someone a book on weight loss, what are you saying to them, right? I mean, there's no, no doubt. The, the bottom, this is my, this is the best one, I think. Um, bottom, bottom center, how to grow taller naturally. How, what? What? So you're short, overweight, and, um, and, and, you know, kind of unfriendly. <laughs> what are you saying when you give a gift to this? There's, there's a bit of offense. But you know what? Maybe it's true. Maybe that's just the gift you need. If we see Jesus as a really pleasant guy who comes into the world to kind of help make our life better, we've missed him. To be given a baby is to say, you need a savior. You accept this gift. Now, you can observe it and say, it's very nice, and for those who need that gift, that's fine. No worries. I I get that. I respect that. For those of us who feel like life is something, and boy, for for me this year, I'm so glad to be a Christian. Um, It was a hard year anyway, but knowing that I have a purpose greater has made this year just so much better. I can't, I can't tell you. But to receive this gift is to say, I, I need a Savior because I cannot save myself. <clears throat> Christianity is for people who know they have a need. That's the very first step of the gospel. And it's embodied at Christmas because when we come to this manger when we come to here the story is i can't do this so god had to send someone for me to do it for me and the beauty of this gift is just like something you open at christmas all you have to do is receive it you that's the only religion that doesn't you don't have to do anything except receive the gift but that means you believe you need the gift. And that's all we bring to Christianity is the belief we need it and the yes to receive it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. For those of us here who, who do know that and are watching and do know that, we need to re-up our need. <laughs> re-up the, the, the sense of without Him, 2021 may be worse than 2020. And 2022, without God, 2021 may be, 2020 may be the best year ever. (laughs) Without God, life is desperately hopeless. I'll just say that. I'll say it for me. And the Bible says it's true for all of us. But there is a gift. There's a gift.
And being religious isn't enough. Going to church isn't enough. Doing anything else isn't enough other than receiving the gift of the Son of God for you, who have a relationship with you, who wants to love you, who wants to know you and be known by you. So, Merry Christmas. Unwrap the gift. It's better than deodorant. It's better than lousy how-to books. It'll change your life. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you that you came at just the right time. When everything was done that needed to be done. Lord, we can look and see some of the practicalities that were happening in the world at that time that made your coming incredible. But beyond that, we don't know except that everything had been accomplished. And then Paul wrote later, at just the right time when we were powerless, impotent, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus, thank you for dying for me when I didn't care about you at all, when I was a hypocrite and lived my life the way I wanted to live it and really ignored you. Thank you for dying for me and not making me clean up and get better. Lord, I pray that all of us would realize and understand that we have nothing to offer you. You've offered it all to us and that we have this gift at our disposal that's totally unmerited. But Lord, we thank you and we I thank you for all the good that you pour out upon us. Lord, this Christmas as we celebrate with our families and, and these circumstances that aren't necessarily the time, place, and manner of our choosing, Lord, help us to remember that you have planned not only the birth of Jesus, but you have planned in an amazing way everything. And that we live, Lord, our days, every day that we live, Lord, is in your hand. Lord, the psalmist said, my times, my days are in your hand. So just like the birth of Jesus, we want to live in the knowledge that we are part of a greater story and a greater plan. Lord, for all of us listening in our homes tonight, listening later, when we're worried about what might happen, Lord, help us to take comfort in the fact that you are never out of control. You're never late. You're never early. And you're never surprised. So, Lord, help us to trust in you. Teach us what that means each day we live. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we are going to close. Are all the candles up here, Nancy? Are these all of them? Okay, so there's a basket in back, there's a basket in front. What I'm going to ask is if one member of each family can can come and grab candles from either the basket up here or the basket back there, just one member come and kind of wait till we'll have plenty of time, but just wait until, you know, there's room up here. And then we're going to turn off all the lights. And I just want us to have a time as we sing Silent Night to just ask ask God, if you don't believe, would you just ask God, God, would you show me if you're real or not? If you do believe, would you ask God to simply show you more of who He is and what He would like for you? Thank you for being here, Lord. Thank you for coming for us. Thank you for giving purpose and meaning.
to the lives of those who believe you and trust you. Send us out into this world as lights. Help us to be lit by you and your Spirit's flame, not by our own efforts. And help us to walk in peace in a world of chaos. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.